What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. I'm Evan Grant. The man across from me is Barry Horn. And the man on our phone is usually in our studio, but right now he's fresh back from slopping the hogs and feeding the donkeys. Kevin Sherrington is up on a farm in Arkansas. In a it's tiny not a little farm. House. It's it, it's a mansion. What is it, Kevin? It's kind of a, it's kind of a gentleman's farm. What and, is a gentleman's and, uh, farm? And, uh, a gentleman's farm means that the gentleman doesn't actually do any farming. So there's like not, not actual crops or livestock. Well, not unless you count his uh, peppers and uh, uh, tomatoes and stuff like and, that. And uh, who is the, who is this gentleman? This is your father-in-law, correct? This is my father-in-law, James Ford. That's right, Russellville, Arkansas. He is the he is the unofficial emperor of Russellville. And so he has he raises peppers and did you say tomatoes or tomatoes? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Uh, okay. And, those. They, and then they do have things like uh, they have miniature donkeys, they have pigeons, chickens. They got a turkey. At one time, they had fainting goats, uh, but they they fainted too much and they got rid of them. This is a good story, and I, I just want to give folks folks uh, listening to this uh, some a, a visual of this. But they don't let you sleep in the main house, do they? Well, they would, but I prefer to sleep up here. It, it's it's actually they have a their house is on six acres, and and the and the house I'm in is referred to as the little house. This is actually the first house that they ever lived in as a married couple. The actual house where my wife was not born, but that that was her first house, and they and they bought this little house and moved it to the back of their property and made it into a guest house. That's an adorable story. It's a Kevin. great story. So you're going to be spending thanks- you're going to be spending Thanksgiving up there. You went up there over the weekend. You got a chance to see Arkansas blow yet another lead. Um, Boy, that was a good that was a good ending, wasn't it? The, it was it, it it was as I believe I tweeted at the end of that game. Arkansas is hot, stinking garbage. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you're going to get a chance to not watch but one but two Arkansas games because you're going to go on Friday, right? That is correct. All right. I should point out that you know, as my daughter's on the Palm Squad, and that's the primary reason. Who, who do they? Who did fill the rest of the world in? Who did they lose to last Saturday? And who do they play Friday? They lost to Mississippi State after having a, a touchdown lead with what five minutes to play. Yeah, and then they and then they came down and they were they were tied and and I had to say at midfield they decided to go for it um, and and I. I didn't have a huge problem with it because I don't think they could have survived overtime uh, with Mississippi State. But uh, I did not like the play calling. They put the old wild hog in, and that, and that formation is as dead as a hammer because uh, everybody knows that that guy's going to run with the ball. There's no surprise with that. And then they tried a pass that was 
terrible. Uh, so that was it was two bad plays in a row. Was that the uh, was that the play action pass that was overthrown by eight or nine yards? Yeah, and according to Austin Allen, who threw that pass, he said it was a miscommunication. I thought he was going uh, deeper than that, and and then he said, "But I just should have thrown it right to him," which is absolutely correct. The guy's looking right at you, throw him the ball. And that finished out a good, a, a really strong week in Arkansas, in which they decided to fire the athletic director, I believe, on Tuesday. They did. Uh, not a popular guy, and there's a lot of speculation about what they're going to do now over here, as you might imagine, and. Uh, among the, the, the apparently the big thing here now is they're just they're just narrowing their parameters to the point that there's going to be about three people eligible for this uh, athletic director's position. They want somebody who has either played at Arkansas from Arkansas, uh, has also been a coach. Evan and, and I both know. Worked in the business world, um, so it just it gets one so that, thing after then. What about owned a professional football? franchise does that work yeah it's jerry jones know. the next day he, I, you know what i think he could do that i think he could be the owner general manager president of the cowboys and ad at arkansas yeah there might not be any violations associated with that um so they they want another they want they want frank broyles the second they they want yeah they want frank Broyles the second i, I the, the 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 early betting line is a former razorback quarterback from the 70s named kevin scanlon who is uh Works for Stevens now. That's the that's the big company here in Arkansas and, and uh, financial company. Uh, very, right? Yes, that's correct. And so uh, I would I would bet on him right now. Um, I don't I don't think it's a good idea to try to 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 narrow things too much. But you know how it always is. What you don't like in the in the guy that you replace and you're trying to get in the new guy. They didn't like the fact that uh, that Jeff Long was not one of them, and that he did not communicate well with them, and he kind of he did some things that people were surprised about, and one of them being that he kept Brett Bielema. And so, who will then replace Brett Bielema? Well, you know, the pie in the sky here, of course, is Gus Malzahn. Uh, everybody wants him, you know, but I think. Part of that problem is is that uh, everybody wanted him the last time, and, and Jeff hired uh, Bielema instead. Uh, so I don't know if uh, Malzahn is going to hold that against him. I think the only thing that gives that any credibility, of course we know that, that uh, Gus Malzahn played at Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. He coached high school football here. He was the offensive coordinator here under uh, Houston Nutt. Uh, he has all those connections, which are things that these Razorback fans would like. Um uh, I think the only thing really, though, that gives any credibility to me is that if you're at Auburn and you're not beating Alabama, that you're always just one game away from getting fired. Uh, so I, I think it's possible that he would be interested in this job. And, of course, if they could get Gus Miles on, they should do backflips. That would be their um, – yeah, that would be their home run call. But I also do, as you mentioned, you know, you're at Auburn you're always on tenuous ground when, you, when you've got to beat Alabama. But – uh, I still believe that, all things considered, the Auburn job remains a better job than the Arkansas job. And if you've got a better job than the Arkansas job, it's hard to give that one up. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I just think that I think that he probably thinks, you know, earlier this year, you know, Auburn's having a great year. Auburn has a, the potential of making the Final Four with two losses. So that tells you how great a job that he has done and yet earlier this season there was rumors that, that Gus was going to be fired well, so it's hard to live under that that 
threat, that hammer hanging over your head all the time. That's a, that's a little much. And, and in a lot of ways, it'd be good to get out of town before the posse arrives. Well, that you make you make a great point there. But I, and we did also to just underscore what you said. You know, when we had Feinbaum on to talk SEC football earlier this year, I believe that uh, we were all in agreement that the upcoming Auburn Arkansas game was to save somebody's job and that the loser of that job was probably going to be out. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Well, you know, Rhett Bielema has done quite a bit to get himself fired there. And, and uh, uh, as I noted uh, in, in my Sunday column, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it was that got Jeff fired. I think there was multiple things that they didn't like about him. Uh, mostly uh, revolving around Brett Bielema and the fact that he hired him in the first place, the fact that he wouldn't fire him. And the fact that uh, whatever his buyout is, at one point it was $15 million, and now it's like uh, then people think maybe it's $5.9 million. We're not really sure. Uh, that's a lot of money to be paying a guy who has had a very mediocre record. So right. let, let, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to openings in the state of Texas. Is that okay, Evan? Okay. Evan's looking at me sure. like, like. Well, I was going to move on to Baker Mayfield. Well, but... let's, let's, well, we're talking about coaching openings. Let's move on, and then we'll, then we'll go to Baker Mayfield. Okay. What okay. jobs are open in the state of Texas? What, jo- do you, what jobs do you think will be open, Kevin? Uh, is Cliff Kingsbury gone now? Yeah, I think that's pretty close. So that was, uh, it's one thing when your defense was terrible and everybody was used to that, and then you only score three points against TCU, and that's, a, that's become a big rivalry, you know, between TCU and Texas Tech. Um, and, uh, and for a good reason, the people at Texas Tech are wondering, why is it that this little bitty school in Fort Worth is so good and we're a state school out here in Lubbock and, and, and we're not? You know, how is that possible? So uh, when he, he only scored three points against them, if he gets beaten by Texas, which is a not, not a real good Texas team, uh, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, and uh, I thought he was going to be able to save his job. You know, at one point this season, they got themselves in the top 25 for the first time in a while, and uh, it's just been on a spiral ever since. So, so would would they then settle for somebody like Chad Morris, and would Chad Morris settle for a program like Texas Tech? Well, I don't know if I want to refer to this as settling. For, well, you've just insulted everybody, Chad Morris, the Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know that in my mind, Chad Morris is a a, a hot coaching commodity. I, I think that had he remained at Clemson, he would have been a hotter name. But um, this is an SMU program that that's bowl eligible. But I, you know, they they haven't blown anybody away. They haven't won. No. And, and the defense hasn't exactly Correct. been stellar. No, they did a very uh, poor job against Navy. Uh, I, I think I do think. That uh, well, first of all, I want to say that there's no question in my mind that the reason that Chad Morris took the job at SMU was to get back to Texas to position himself uh, for uh, a Texas job for for, for the for, specifically for the Texas A and M job. Well, will that he, job be open, Kevin? Will, will that job be open? Do you think? I, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question that job's open. So uh, they're just they're just waiting for the end of the year. Uh, but but I I do think that. He was up, but what I have heard is that he is not the favorite for that job. So he's probably on their list because he is an Aggie. And, you know, the last time they hired an Aggie as their head coach was Gene Stallings. Uh, so that's a, that's a long time. Uh, and, and the people at A&M are always wanting to hire somebody, you know, who gets the culture. Um, and then the funny thing is, they, but they never do that. And I know they did do it with R.C. Slocum. You know, he was, 
he had been on campus for a long time. He'd been an assistant coach under several coaches, including Jackie Sherrill, when he became the head coach. And he was a huge hit. You know, he's he's uh, he, he's you know maybe the best coach in the history of that uh, program. So uh, they got that one right. They haven't got very much right since then. So would would do you think that Morris then would become the favorite at Tech? I think, uh, you know, he probably would. Uh, I think the problem for me is I don't think that there's any question that Texas Tech needs to have a prolific offense. I think if you're, if you're not at uh, a real, you know, top ten annually kind of school, uh, then, then you need to have a really good offense. You need to make sure that you can put points up on somebody because it's just so hard to recruit defensive linemen and to have the kind of defenses that you have to have uh, to win big. So if you're going to rely on that. So I, I do think they need an offensive mind. But, I, you know, the fact that, as Barry pointed out, that SMU's defense hasn't been very good either. Do you really want to run right out and hire the same kind of uh, resume that you already have? So I, I, don't, I, I don't know that he would be an automatic. I think he'd be on the list. You know, if if I were you know Texas Tech, and I don't know what what Matt Campbell has in mind, uh, I I would go for somebody like that myself, the Iowa State coach. Now he's going to be kind of a hot property this year. He's going to be in the running for National Coach of the Year for what he did for Iowa State uh, this season. So I I don't know. You know, I, frankly, if if Arkansas were were not able to get uh, Gus Malzahn, I think Matt Campbell would be a terrific hire for Arkansas. Well, and where does A and M go? Because That's I mean, right. we're talking. You know, we, we just we talked with Trey Wingo, and we brought up we brought up the Chip Kelly situation. And it appears that Kelly's going to sw- going to choose between Florida and UCLA, and whichever right. job he doesn't take, there's still going to be a premier job out there. It appears Scott Frost is is going to lock down the Nebraska job. Um, so you'll have Campbell. Campbell might be the next hot commodity out there. Yeah, well, he would if unless uh, Jimbo Fisher leaves Florida State, and you know we we wrote that last week, and uh, you know since that happened, no one's really come out and denied that. You know, all the the president of Florida State says, "Oh, Jimbo's here forever," but that's just you know that's just posturing by the president. So uh, I I do think that uh, there's enough ill will developed. You know, this stuff goes south very fast. You know, people people don't care that Jimbo won a, a national title at Florida State. They they saw what happened this year, the, the disappointment of losing that opener to Alabama, and, of course, they lost their quarterback, too, and their season just went in the tank. Um, so, uh, you know, he might look at this like, you know, and, and, of course, he's complained about the facilities there at Florida State, and that they're not up to date with everybody else's. And, this could all be posturing on his part, you know. I'm, I'm look, look at me. I'm talking. You know, other people are interested in me now. You better do the things I want you to do. I think uh, in this case, the people at Florida State would say, "Well, go ahead and take another job. We don't care." And with that job, I, I think that would be. A, I think that would be a great hire for brain if they could get Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, Barry. Well, that that's where I was going to. That, that was my question, Evan. You looked at my paper and asked my question. Thank you very much. But let's let's move on to what everyone really wants to talk about right now, and it's, I think it's it's the hot topic: Baker Mayfield. Uh, well, I, I I don't know why it's a hot topic. It is a it hot is, topic. It is the hot topic. What what are your thoughts? A, a, how offended were you by Baker Mayfield and his crotch grab? And and B, should it cost him any votes? 
Oh, uh, no, I was not really. I didn't like it, obviously. It, it's, you know, but this is, if you know anything about Baker Mayfield, this is who he is. I mean, that's, that's the way he's always acted. Uh, you know, he was, he was kind of this guy a little bit. We didn't really know that at Texas Tech, that he was like that. But I, I do know that people didn't like him, you know, didn't like him personally, you know. And, and then he, uh, and he, but, you know, to me, my thinking all along about Baker Mayfield is that you have to separate the fact that he's not a real likable guy from the fact that he's an outstanding talent. And it just, it, he's just, you know, Johnny Manziel all over again. Johnny was not a very likable guy either. You cannot separate that from the fact that he's an outstanding talent. And uh, I have not seen anybody in college football this year who has been able to lift his team and do more than he can do. I mean, he is an exceptional talent. And and I think the the part of the problem for Baker is is that, you know, everybody knows what his personality is like. And I think that it it has been a detriment to him. I think it could be a detriment to him and the pros because when people know you're that excitable, they're going to bait you. So the right. Kansas player, he goes out for the handshake, and nobody shakes his hand. Now, how unclassy was that? The guy sticks out his hand to shake hands with these people, and nobody shakes his hand. So obviously they're trying to bait him. They're well, trying to get him going. Wait, wait, so that's wait, a really low-class move. Wait, Ke- Kevin, tell me, the, tell me the name of the Kansas captains who are out there. Who cares? But that's exactly right. Nobody cares about the Kansas captains. No, no, no. They who baited him, and they were successful in doing exactly what they wanted to, him but, to do. But let me just tell you something. This is... The absolute. This is the start of the game. This is where sportsmanship starts, and those three guys should have been singled out. They were, because it was gamesmanship, not sportsmanship, out there. I, but that's what they did. They eschewed sportsmanship for gamesmanship to try and bait the guy. And, and I did. think they should have been singled out much more than Baker Mayfield. Then saying, "Hey, you know what? You don't want to shake my hand? Take this and grab in his crotch." I got no problem with that at this point. It's not well, a good look. The whole point is, is that you, you cannot, as Barry says, okay, that's gamesmanship, not sportsmanship. But then why isn't what, what Baker is doing back, why isn't that gamesmanship instead of sportsmanship? You can't, you can't but, separate. But that's not things. gamesmanship. That's, 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 well, he's trying to get in well, their heads. He's not trying to get in their heads. He, yes, he, he is. He's show, no, he's, he's showing that he could be a jerk, I think. No. That was absolutely. Well, Look, I like him as much as you guys that, like him as, as, as a talent. But that was nothing but stupid. That is that is going to cost him votes in the Heisman Trophy race because I think people are looking for reasons not to vote for him, and that'll be a reason. And it, he, he, is, he has made the race a lot closer than you guys will admit. That's all. Well, here's the thing, Barry. First of all, there's over 900 votes. That's okay. If he loses 50 votes, it's not going to mean anything. If he loses 100 votes, it's not going to mean anything. No. I have a vote, you know, which tells you how uh, bogus this whole thing is. So, uh, it, it, look, as I said, Baker is can be a jerk, and and I don't I don't like the things he says, and I don't like the things he does. But you know, my son, uh, who was also a quarterback in high school and also a little bit volatile. He had no he had no problem with any of that. The thing is, is that he says you wouldn't believe the things that get said out on a football field, and that is absolutely correct. This happened to be caught on camera, and he did it uh, out in the open, and so people see it. But you don't see all the stuff that gets said when guys are running back well, to the huddle. Of course, of course, you, 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 across from you. Of, of course, so what's the difference? The, the, because the he got. He got Singled out uh, on on a camera as opposed the, the video. The video is everything. Ask Ray Rice. The video is. I'm not. I'm not comparing this to Ray Rice, but the video. Yes, you are. No, yes, I am are. not. The video is everything. The, the The pictures are everything. It's it, it's 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 important. 
I'm just, I'm just a little stunned that you know our, our good friend, you know uh, Corbett Smith, put out a thing and, and talking about uh, the, uh, the the Heisman is about integrity. You know that that's a vote for it. It's like, listen, there's nothing about integrity in standing out in the field and grabbing your crotch. That has nothing to do with it. Integ, you know, if you want to complain about the fact that Baker got arrested and tried to run from the cops, you know, well then okay, I, then that's a that's a bigger issue for me. You know, if we're talking about Jameis Winston who won it, Cam Newton who won it, Johnny Manziel who won it, and the things that they did off the field, right. which were, were were worse than the things that that, that Baker Mayfield did, uh, then uh, then I I can see that point. But it, it just doesn't it doesn't pass the same test of those guys to me. Baker's you know that was a stupid thing, a college thing that he did uh, off the field when he got drunk and got and tried to run from a cop. That was, I'm not defending that at all. I think that's was really stupid. But uh, that's a little bit more in line with the things you might expect of a, of a dumb college kid to, to do a dumb college prank. Um, this is, he, I don't think we have any idea that he's the kind of guy that, that all the things that we've complained about in college football in the last few years and all, sexual assaults and, and domestic violence and all these other things, he doesn't really, it doesn't really come to that level with, with him. He's, uh, he's an unbelievable talent. I do think he's going to, I do think he has the potential, as, as uh, Chris Sims told us, to be a professional football player, which is pretty amazing considering that he's not very tall, uh, but he throws the ball really well. He's very accurate. I, I think that this, but this will be an issue for him going forward. If he's going to be this excitable, uh, then defenses are going to tee off on him, and right. they're just going to be really animated about going after him. So he's going to have a difficult time in the pros if he doesn't rein in his temper. Uh, Kevin, I, I, I agree with you, and i I, I got to tell you that for me, look, the crotch grab is never a good look. Um, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It, it's never a good look. I remember Francisco Cordero grabbing his, grabbing his crotch uh, in Kansas City uh, after a save because of some things that the Royals had said and, and done to him. And it, it didn't look good, and he had to issue an apology. And, and Baker's apology and the things he said, you know, really immediately after that game, were about as I thought as well crafted as you possibly could in that situation. Um, the flag planting thing at the beginning of the season, I have zero issue with that. It came after a big, big win at at, at, at a at a highly um, uh, hostile environment, um, and it was at that point in time considered. Uh, the Alabama-Florida State game and the Ohio State-Oklahoma game were considered the two big showcase games of the entire college football season. So I, I have zero problem with that, with him going to Ohio State and planting the flag there. And, and if people if people take offense at that, I think we, we really have to uh, get to a point where we're questioning, you know, just just how soft have we gotten in terms of, of being uh, righteously out, outraged. Social, well, media, social, social media is equals righteously outraged. Yeah, that, that's, well, that's, that's the that, there's no it. question about that. And of course, you know how it is in, in in college football too. Everybody is looking to parse everything. You know, right. uh, more so I think than any other sport. It's just it's just crazy the stuff. I got an argument on social media the other day because I had written that if the if that if the Aggies hired Jimbo Fisher, this would be the biggest splash since Bear Bryant. Well, the headline got written a little different from that. It said the first first major splash in Bear Bryant. But I had gotten all these arguments with people about over, oh, Jackie Sherrill was big or Dennis Francione was big. And I said, yep, there's no question those were big hires. 
but they were not as big as the Bear Bryant hire. And I had a guy arguing with me saying that, that Bear Bryant wasn't that good when the, the Aggies hired him. And yeah. it's like, you know, you're, you're dreaming if that's not the case. That, so it, it, they want to parse everything. And so, yeah, there, there is a, a lot of, of this in college football, much more than any other sport. I, I don't, as I said, I'm not defending Baker from the standpoint that I think all this stuff is, was okay and fine. I, I don't like it. I don't really, I don't like him personally. But I didn't like Johnny personally either. But there was no denying that when you watched him play, oh, my gosh, this is an unbelievable talent. And, and I think that's the thing that, that we, you know, and, and you guys know this, and I tell the people this all the time. I would have, I'd write something and somebody said, you just don't like this guy if I right. criticize him. And I said, if I, if I wrote negative things about everybody I don't like in sports, I'd never say anything good about anybody. You know, it's, it, there's so many guys out there who are not pleasant personalities. And that's one of the reasons why they're as good as they are at what they do is because they're not pleasant right. personalities. Kevin, you know, we the other thing I mentioned with, with Wingo the, earlier this morning and, and and that I got into an argument to some extent on social media this weekend is I still go back to this great migration out of the Big 12 and, and what took place with the teams that have left. And I heard from a lot of, of the Aggie Nation about – how good it's been for for the for the program financially, but there were four teams that left, and three of them have at least played for their conference championship. One has not. Um, what do you think that this was a good move long term for A and M? No, I didn't think it was a good move at the time, and I, I don't think it is now. You know what they say about. What they'll say, which is funny to me, that the A&M people will talk about, oh, this is so much more stable conference in the SEC, and we're making so much more money. Well, they were making more money initially. Uh, but now there's a difference of about, you know, what I think two or three million a year on what they're making, which, you know, per school. That's a lot of money. There's no question about that. But but is Texas A&M really worried about, about money? Right. I mean – that that sounds ridiculous to me to say that. It's one thing if you're if you're Texas Tech or if you're Houston, or, you know, or if you're a private school. Yeah, then you got to worry about money. There's no reason why Texas A&M should have to worry about making money. If you're if you were worried about the stability of the conference, you really don't think that a big conference was not going to take you if all of a sudden the Big Twelve fell apart. You were going to go to the SEC. You were going to go to the Pac-12. You were going to be just fine if the if the Big Twelve fell apart. Had Texas A&M stayed uh, in the Big 12 and with Johnny Manziel as a quarterback, they not only would have won the Big 12, maybe two years in a row, they would have competed for the national title. There's no doubt in my mind that that would have happened. Uh, but they go to a and I mean, they go to the SEC, yes, and, they, and, they don't, and they don't really have enough to win there. Uh, it just, it's just you're just beating your head against the wall, uh, and that's a very, it's a very tough league. And you can say the same thing about every, everybody else, you know. The, 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 everybody else that left, it's the same thing. Nebraska left to go to the Big Ten. That was not a good move for Nebraska. Uh, when Colorado went to the, the Pac-12, they've actually done better, but nobody even really cared nobody when Colorado cared. left. They've, they've uh, played in one Pac-12 championship game. Missouri's played in two SEC championship games. Nebraska has played in one and got waxed in a Big Ten championship game. And, and I just go back to this. I wouldn't have that much of an issue with it. If A&M was playing Texas this week, if Oklahoma was playing Nebraska, if they were all part of Rivalry Week, just like, like so many other programs from across conferences are, 
I, I could at least stomach it more that way. I, I just don't see what it is that A&M fans have to to really look forward to, except that they don't have to play Texas. That's that's what they have. They don't have to be in the same conference as Texas. But don't you want to beat Texas? Yes, they want to beat Texas, but they don't want to be in the same conference as Texas. Let's. No, they don't want to. And, that, and you know what? You know, when you write that, and I've written that, not only about A and M, but about Nebraska. Nebraska was Nebraska was angry from day one when the when they had the uh, the Big Eight Southwest Conference merger, and that they hate the fact that it's referred to as a merger because the Big Eight came intact. The, right. You know, the Big Twelve, or the Southwest Conference, was only four teams that came up. Right? They look at it like we saved you guys. And yet, when the when the league merged and became the Big Twelve, the headquarters went to Dallas. Right. Why is the Why is the headquarters in Dallas? Why isn't it in Kansas City? You know, we're you know this is we're the we're really the Big Eight, just a a, a big old uh, new version of the Big Eight. And yet, it's in Texas. So they were they were mad from the very beginning that this is what happened. They were mad because it always seemed like that everything that happened was because this is what Texas wanted. You know, the school, not the state, and and so. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why they left. And, and I get these from Nebraska fans, oh, it has nothing to do with Texas. This was just a much better move for us to go to the Big Ten, it's a much better, more prestigious league, which it is. Uh, there's no question that, that the Big Ten is a better league than the Big 12, not only from a financial standpoint. It's just like the SEC. Those are the two big dogs in college football. They're lost, but, the but they're is, lost there. They're lost. They're in completely the, lost. They're, in well, they're an anonymous. They are. I mean, like I, said this, I said this all along when they said, oh, you can't tell me it doesn't help the recruit to the SEC. That's what the Aggie fans will always say. Well, yes, it does. Kids like to play in the big league. I said, but let me ask you this. What's it doing for Vanderbilt? Yep. It's not doing anything for them to be in the SEC. If you don't win, sooner or later you're going to stop recruiting those guys. You know, There's an initial bump for being in the SEC and kids wanting to play there. But if you prove you can't play and you can't win in that league, well, then the kids won't come anymore. I just think that, it had, yes, had all those uh, teams stayed in the Big 12, everybody would have been better off. Those schools would have been better off. Uh, the, you know, the Big 12 would have been better off, obviously. And, uh, and you would be, you'd be calling them the Big, the big Three. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's, no, there's no question that they would be that kind of league. It would still be behind those two, uh, the SEC and the Big 10. But it would be a much better league, and it would be better for those teams. And and maybe uh, and, and maybe the Aggies had themselves a national title instead of their last one being before World War II. All right, we're we're sitting here. It's Tuesday morning. There's a uh, new CFP uh, ranking coming out. Were you guys? Well, let me just say this: Were you guys surprised that Oklahoma, in the current, came in fourth? And what about the Oklahoma State loss to Kansas State? Will that affect? Surprised that Oklahoma came in fourth as opposed to what? I thought. I think when we sat here last week and did this podcast, I think everybody here thought Oklahoma would be two or three, and 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 they they were fourth. What, what, was that? Was that what's, what's, in the rankings? One two is Alabama Clemson right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Alabama, Clemson, and then Miami, Miami jumped. Miami uh, jumped. And, oh, oh. I mean, uh, jumped out uh, Oklahoma after the the. the so, are you, are you, were you surprised? I think everybody was because I think we agreed here that they should be three, at I, least three. I'm not. You're uh, not. Clemson, Clemson has the best win in college football at this point because they have a win over Auburn. Um. Miami is undefeated and just beat Notre Dame, which is, uh, you know, certainly on par with beating o- Ohio State. Uh, I-, I am not surprised that Oklahoma is fourth. 
Uh, I, I actually think the way it is stacked up right now is just about perfect, and I'd love to be able to make a, cho- uh, a case for Georgia to be five or six, but I, I can't. I can't. I, I think it is. I think it is perfect, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with you know if, if you're in the top four, if you're three, if you're four, it doesn't make any difference at this point. Uh, I don't think it means that you're going to get bumped out. You know, the next one. And we saw what happened when in 2014 when TCU was third. They had a 52 point win and they ended up sixth. I mean, how ridiculous was that? Right. So there's really not a lot of rhyme or reason to this. As long as you're in the neighborhood, you should feel pretty good about everything. And I, I think that uh, uh, I, I think we're going to end up with an SEC team, probably Alabama. We're going to end up with an ACC team, probably Clemson. And then we're going to have uh, a, a big tw- – I think uh, the Oklahoma is going to make it. I think they'll be in there. Then I think that we'll – I think we'll end up with the Big Ten team as well. Yeah, I think this will – there's a possibility you could get – possibility that Auburn could get in, but only if they beat Alabama. If they don't beat Alabama, they're not getting what if, in. What, what if Georgia beats Alabama? If Georgia beats Alabama, I, I think it's it's possible that you get because they, they're not going to leave Alabama out. Right. So, so then it's, it, it's possible. That's the that's the only way this happens to me. If the Big Ten uh, champion, you know, either Ohio State or Wisconsin gets in, you, there's no way you can leave out an undefeated Big Ten champion, no matter what you think about the schedule. If uh, they're, they're just not going to do that, and if, it's a bad schedule. If Alabama I loses, if Alabama loses. If Alabama loses, I think it is, it, unless they just get stomped, uh, which is not going to happen, then no, I think I, Alabama I, still gets in. He, and I think there's a good chance that, that Georgia gets in as well. And then with, I think that they, they might leave Wisconsin out there. Here, here's my, here's my, my, my case. Let me just state my case here, okay? If you're going to have the winner of the ACC, okay, because those teams are right now two and three, Miami and Clemson, okay. and they will face right. one another. That's You'll have that team. Um, right. If Wisconsin wins out, they're in. You're not going to leave out an unbeaten champion of the Big Ten, especially with them beating Ohio State in the championship. Right. Okay. So yeah. now you're down to the SEC, um, and in the in the Big Twelve. The SEC will have a team, Evan. The SEC will have a team. If Oklahoma wins, okay. If Oklahoma wins and and beats TCU again in their conference championship, they're sitting there at, at twelve and one. Right. Right. Alabama, if they lose in the SEC championship game now, they're the one team coming off of a loss. They have the weakest schedule. They will get left out. No way. They will. Jose. You cannot make a case for them at that point. Kevin, Who are you going to put them I, in I, over? I, I really I, I, think I, I hate to tell you. To leave Alabama off. I think that, you know, to me, the, the, the most, you know, the coaches on the committee love talent. Uh, they don't. They don't want. They don't care about scrappy teams. They don't care about any of that. They. They. They love talent. They love talent in the trenches. You know the offensive and defensive line, and the most talented teams in the country, probably, are Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. And those, those are the. Those are the big three with a lot of talent uh, sprinkled all throughout. A lot of NFL talent sprinkled all throughout the team. So well, you, the one. So, thing I, so you would agree with me that the team that could get left out is Oklahoma, then, right? Yeah, I do. I do think Oklahoma could get left out, and I think they would leave them out because they would say, "Look, your wins aren't looking so good anymore." You know, some some of these, you know, the Oklahoma State, State. Is, is that's killing them for them to, to to start sinking here at the end of the year. Right. That that's not good. Well, you, so, your your case for Alabama would would, would be this: Alabama's loss would be to 
a team that would be ranked in the top four. Um, yeah. Clemson has the worst loss to a Syracuse team by three points, but they also have the best win right now, which is over Auburn. Um, well, and what the committee says also is that they give credit for uh, to Clemson because in that Syracuse lost their quarterback. They, why right, they were running right. him out there at all was ridiculous. He but was clearly injured. But so, and if Miami uh, beats and if Miami beats Clemson, there's no question because they're unbeaten. They've beaten Notre Dame. They've beaten Clemson. Uh, Oklahoma, right. Oklahoma then goes to the team that has the worst loss, even though that loss was to a pretty good Iowa State team on the road. But Georgia's loss is to Auburn. No, that, was, that loss was at home. Oklahoma, the Oklahoma loss was in Oklahoma. Oh, I thought it was at Auburn. No, 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 it was at Oklahoma. It that was, was, it was stunning, yeah. So it's the worst. It, yeah. They will be the team with the worst loss. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. That is, that is the worst loss, and that's why I think that's why they – and because, you know, the, uh, and, I, and I've written this before – the committee likes defense. If you watch, if you look every year, uh, the teams they pick for the Final Four, they're usually in the top twenty-five nationally in defense, and Oklahoma is not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's it's the same old Oklahoma team, really good offense, uh, a, a very mediocre, to almost bad defense. So uh, I think that the thing that's different about Oklahoma this year in the committee's mind is that you clearly have the best player in the country. You know, sure. this this guy's a difference maker, and he he might be good enough. To lift you over a team, despite your defense, uh, it's not like it, it's not having it's not like having a system quarterback. You know they don't like those. You know, it, but it, but you've got a guy here who's probably the Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, and not, not that they care about. It. It's not like it's you know Haas Brock finding a, a matchup for the Cotton Bowl, right. and that's what they're always trying to get a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, but the fact that he is so good and he has done such a great job and has lifted Oklahoma so much, I think he carries that team. I don't think there's a there's not a good team in the country that is carried more by one player than Oklahoma does by Baker Mayfield. Does it bother either one of you? Do you think it will? Uh, do you think it'll come into in, into the room that whenever Oklahoma is on national TV in a national game, it always gets beaten in the ratings by a Big Ten game or a SEC game? There 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 doesn't seem to be the interest in the Big Twelve nationally as there is. No, because because at that point they'd be playing either an SEC or a Big Ten team. But there's there. I just my contention is there's just no respect. There's still no respect for the Big Twelve. No, there's not. And and a lot of that is the Big Twelve's own fault. And, and, and they're looking for reasons not. They're not looking for reasons to take Oklahoma. They're looking for reasons not to take Oklahoma. I, I think the best thing you can say for the Big Twelve this year is they've moved ahead of the Pac-12. Yeah. Okay. yeah so. Here's the thing you need to remember, and this to me was the whole problem with the uh, having the stupid Big 12 title game. The yes, the committee members did tell the Big 12 this is one of the things that you were lacking, and comparing with everybody else that you didn't have this 13th data point. Uh, but the real thing that the, the the committee complained about, and complained about in 2014 when Baylor and TCU got left out, is that your non-conference schedule is terrible. Right. That is our that is our major complaint. That is number one. Well, Oklahoma fixed that, right? So they go out, they go on the road in Columbus, and they beat Ohio State up there. Uh, now that's a that's a big win, you know. And then TCU went on the road and played Arkansas. That's that's not a great team, but that's a Division One team. You know, that's an SEC team, SEC West team. That's a that's a good win to go and do that. So so those teams have done that. They've improved themselves. They did not need to have a title game to get in. Now I will say this. If 
Oklahoma beats TCU twice, a good team twice. I, I don't know. I wish we had this stat somewhere about how many times a team has beaten a really good team twice in one season. I bet it's not more than a handful of times in the history of college football. Well, so, I, 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 I would, I would agree works, with that. Yeah, if it, if it works, if they do this, then I, I think the committee really should have a hard time leaving Oklahoma out. I think, I think they still could, but it will tell you everything about what the committee thinks about the Big 12. If Oklahoma beats TCU twice, a really good team that just practically shut out Texas Tech, you know, 29-3, to with a backup quarterback. Right. They, they won that game in Lubbock. I mean, it's just that, that TCU is a really good team. But and, let, and so to, to beat them twice in one year, and if you don't get rewarded for that, that's, well, that tells you everything you need to know. Let's go back to this, Kevin. Um, okay, the winner of the SEC will either be – a team that beats number one, beats number six, or beats number seven, okay? Yeah. The winner of right. the ACC game will be a team that either beats number two or beats number three. The winner of the Big Ten game will either beat number four or beat number eight. And if Oklahoma beats TCU again, they will have beat number 13 in the latest champ- in the latest rankings. And so, well, they would have beaten Ohio State, too. What they, about Ohio State going to be ranked? They would have beaten Ohio State too, but I'm just saying the the, the most recent data point. That's what that's what it'll come down to. That's why we keep, you came back to your your point earlier was that probably in in the scenario we laid out there that if if Georgia were to upset Alabama or beat Auburn in the SEC championship game, Oklahoma very possibly gets left out. Yeah. Now I don't think Oklahoma. Yeah, if Georgia beats Auburn in the SEC championship game, then Alabama will not have made the championship game, period, and I think that they it's an easier case for them to be left out. Yeah. Like, well, like, like Ohio too, State no. was left out yeah. when when they didn't win the title. Right. Uh, I will say this, too. You know, I, don't, I haven't looked at, at the strength of schedule because you get so many strength of schedule formulas, and they don't, you know, they're, they're made before the season, and they, then they don't pan out to the way you think they're going to, and so everything changes. But, you know, everybody always talks about uh, Notre Dame's schedule. And, and, yes, Notre Dame plays a good schedule. There's not a lot of patsies in there, but not a lot of great teams in there either. Uh, and, the, you know, the first good team they played, they lost. So I, I, I think that uh, you can make the case that Alabama's schedule isn't that great either. I think, you know, they're getting, they're getting by pretty much right now on their reputation of uh, this is who they are. And, and, uh, and, I, and I don't think there's any question that they're one of the top two or three teams in the country. Uh, but it, it uh, but you're right. When it comes right down to it, in the end, if it gets up to everybody's reputation, that the Big Twelve has the least. Kevin, we most important question of the day. Will you be back with us in studio next week? I'll be back in the studio, baby. That's that's exciting. You didn't you, did, you didn't want to hear you didn't want to hear my Sandy Koufax story. Yeah, I want to hear you. We'll, we'll, we'll go out with a baseball story, your Sandy Koufax story. I, I know it. It's a terrific story. Tell it. Okay. So I'm here in Arkansas, you know, Russell, Russellville, Arkansas, where my lovely wife is from. And uh, she has uh, several siblings. And her, uh, one of her brothers, Robert, lives here in town. And he, is, uh, he owns a Quizno shop here. So Robert uh, was uh, visiting some friends in Chicago, and someone introduced him to this woman, and they felt like he would uh, hit it off with her, be good friends with her, because 
Robert's a very personable guy, fun, a lot of fun to be around, very smart. Not a big sports fan. Um, and Robert's the kind of guy who thinks that uh, Yasiel Puig is a French ham. So he uh, he is uh, he gets introduced to this woman, and they have a great time, and he becomes big friends with her and her husband, who just so happens to be on the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, Mark Walter. So uh, he is Robert is telling this story to uh, his partner back here in Russellville, Dennis, and uh, and as I said, Robert doesn't know anything about sports. He says, and yeah, and I, I met this the guy's the owner of the Dodgers. And I also met this guy that was, uh, uh, he, I think he pitched for the Dodgers. Uh, uh, I think his name is Andy Kaufman. And Dennis said, that's a dead comedian. Uh, do you mean Sandy Koufax? He said, yeah, that's it, Sandy Koufax. So I don't want to say that uh, Robert and Sandy are best friends, but recently at a party hosted by the Walters uh, the costume party, Robert came as the skipper and Sandy came as Gilligan. Sandy Koufax doesn't like anybody, isn't that true? Doesn't he? Isn't that? Isn't that the? Uh, That's not true. Sandy Koufax does not like the the public life. He he likes. I, I think I he think doesn't the like the public. He doesn't like the the beauty of it is is that your brother in law didn't know who he was. Isn't that it? I think it's. I think it's exactly right. I think he. Well, Robert's a great guy. He's fun to be around, and I think Sandy likes the fact that they don't. Um, you know, that he doesn't ask him about sports. He doesn't want his autograph. He's, you know, he, he's just a guy. Sandy's a very nice person. Uh, and, and, and according to, of course, I've never met him, but uh, <laughs> according to my brother-in-law, uh, he and his wife are just the nicest people ever. So nice, as a matter of fact, that in the aforementioned little house we talked about, uh, they have said they want to come and stay here at the little house. Uh, sometime, you know the, uh, the Walters, not the, not the husband, but the uh, the wife and their daughter have stayed here at the little house. The well, owner of the of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers has stayed in the little house. The wife, his wife, his oh, wife well, and daughter. I, yeah. I, I, well, I'm going to guess fifty percent of the, or fifty percent of his ownership stock belongs to her. <laughs> yes, and and that's right. But by the way, until until they came, who was the most famous person to stay at the little house? Well, that'd be me, of course. What about me? I've, I've stayed there. Oh, that's right. You're second most. Well, uh, well, also a very famous ballet dancer has has stayed up here, but you know, I don't know. I don't know ballet. How do we so. know? How do we know if he or she is famous or not? We don't really know that. Well, he's he, he dancing around a lot of places. Well, this was this was a great college podcast right up until Barry decided to rank people who have stayed in your in laws' house. <laughs> Well, you know, that's how they do it here, too. They've got a little tote board out there. They, they do. They mentioned to, to me that I'm like their 10th favorite person that has ever stayed up here. Do you blame them? No, I do not. Well, Kevin, this has been this has been just a little slice of heaven. Um, and I know you've got you've got some hogs to go back out and slop. What are you what are you slopping them with today? You know, Evan, I usually I try to find some of your copy and I throw it out there to them, but they refuse to eat it. I would too if I were them. So this has been hog heaven, is what you're saying, right, Barry? <laughs> Kevin, I want—I I do want to wish you and Debbie and your whole family a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, we're sorry you're not here today, but uh, we know you're having a fine time in Arkansas, and uh, we will have you back here on Tuesday to talk a lot of topical stuff. There will be, and you guys have good Thanksgivings, too. Thanks, and you know you missed the Trey Wingo podcast where we talked about Trey's uh, upcoming 
radio show that is that'll be uh, available here in Dallas Fort Worth on 1033. So, when will that be on, Barry? Uh, I, I believe it starts Monday, but it'll be too early for you. It starts at 5 a.m. It oh. won't. It isn't too early for Barry because that's Five usually tonight. about the second time he gets up to urinate that's, in the middle of the that night. That is correct. Thank you very much. In fact, because when I sometimes I, sometimes I call Kevin at eight thirty, he goes, "Why are you calling me so early?" I go, "Early? I'm getting ready for my nap." But it, but it, but anyway, oh. but anyway, and we're also going to have David Moore. To t- we we didn't touch on this with you to talk about that those awesome Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, we'll the podcast good, with him this week. So, we're, and we're going to talk with him right now. So, goodbye, Kevin. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye, Evan. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.